On today's episode of Empower 305, Director of Procurement and Chief Procurement Officer for the City of Miami, Annie Perez. Bloomberg and Harvard consider procurement departments top of the food chain in terms of change agents at cities. Mm -hmm. Because all the purchases come through us, we can help, we can tackle environmental issues uh, like sustainability, and um, we also tackle socioeconomic issues. Hello and welcome everyone to Empower 305. Thank you all for joining us. I'm Stephanie Severino, Director of Communications for the City of Miami, and you are listening to Episode 9 of the Empower 305 podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure to be sitting down here in our brand new studio with our Procurement Director, Annie Perez, a very busy woman. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so honored that I was invited to do this. Yes, you're going <laughs> to love it because I think this is the perfect medium to talk about what you do which sounds like a lot. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I personally, when I heard the word procurement, for example, I come from the private sector, from the county, there isn't a procurement officer at any of those places. So I could easily say that here is when I first heard of the term procurement. What does a procurement officer or director of procurement do? Okay, so in our case at the city of Miami, um, procurement is centralized, which means the departments don't do their own procurements. As the term procurement, it's basically contracting for services, goods, A&E, construction. It's basically anything and everything that the city, this table, you know, this, the things in this studio, they were all procured by our department. You know, our fire trucks, our uh, police helicopter. So practically everything is procured. And what it means is because we're stewards of taxpayer dollars, we have to make sure that we, you know, everything that we do is bound by law. So we have to make sure that we um, do things legally and that we are transparent and we offer competition. We do competition and everything is done, you know, through uh, different types of procurement methods. So in other words, you're like the cop of our budgets. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> you that's a good sure way to put it. We use it in an efficient way and yes. in the right way. So I know you've been at this for a very long time. Um, as the director of the procurement office, you have been here at the city since July 2014, and you manage a department of about 20 people. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like a whole lot for everything that you do. So no. how do you make this magic work? <laughs> um, I, I, I have to say, um, yesterday we were, um, Yadisa and I were in Orlando. We were invited to the Florida governor's, I mean, the Florida government um, Finance Officers Association annual conference. It was the first time they did a topic on procurement. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say exactly what I said uh, yesterday. We had a two-hour presentation. Um, it's teamwork. We uh, we are a small staff, but I have I have to say the best procurement staff in the nation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we've been recognized multiple times with awards. Um, they care. They care a lot. And, um, you know, they roll up their sleeves and, and we all work in the trenches, including myself. I have a workload as well. So that's how we get it done. And we innovate. Yes. A lot. <laughs> you do. Because like you said before, in your short 
time here at the city, you've been able to centralize uh, all of the process of procurement, and you're also responsible for even the engineering, the construction, procurements, public works. So you, you said the word innovation, and yes, you guys have been recognized multiple times. I have to say that although you might not be in the limelight all the time, you do stand out and you do get the recognition that you deserve. Like the many articles that we've seen from Bloomberg, there was one very recent on you being named the innovator of the week. I can see the word procurement and the word innovation in the same sentence. How does that work? Okay. So um, a few years ago, uh, the city of Miami, as you well know, did the Miami Innovation Academy. Mm -hmm. So um, I was the third person in my department to go to the academy. What was that like for it, those of... So the academy was, they teach you how to identify waste, how to identify waste, how to look at a process in its entirety, every single step. Like a roadmap. A roadmap. Mm. And then how to break it down and see where there's inefficiencies, see where, you know, things can be better. And, you know, that Innovation Academy was eye-opening because not only could you use it in your, you know, work life, you can use it in your personal life too. Mm -hmm. So I went back, um, you so know, you to the, the third person. I was, I was in my department, the third person <laughs> to go. And I was like, oh my God, we have to, everybody has to get, everybody has to go through Miami Innovation Academy, everyone. And that's what I did. And um, I made it mandatory for all staff to go. And what came out of it, I never in a million years would have imagined. Um, you know, I have staff members that are shy. They came out of their shells because they felt in a safe place mm. because they teach you no idea um, is wrong. Right. You know, they, they give you that sense of security that share your ideas, mm -hmm. share, you know, your opinions. Speak up. Speak up. There, you're, nobody's going to, you know, shoot it down or right. say anything negative. And that was very empowering to my staff. Um, so, you know, we, the first thing we did was look at the architecture engineering process. And we broke that down because what we found was, oh, my gosh, it, the due diligence, for example. Due, due diligence is when we look at all the proposals. Right. And we make sure that they all follow the direction because then they can be found non-responsive. Basically, you do the homework. Right. They can sure be that... disqualified if they don't do it right, mm -hmm. the, the, the vendor. So, um, you know, we were allowing vendors to cure. Like if they did something wrong, they mm -hmm. could cure. There was one A&E selection that it took four months of curing. Oh, That's unheard of because that affects our timeline. Obviously. And in the best practices in the procurement world, you don't, do that. You don't allow cures. So we eliminated that. We reduced the number of forms, I think, from 21 forms to 14. And we're still reducing. Wow. We got to the point where, oh, we involved the industry. We brought them in and say, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. You know, because I think that's important. Um, because obviously it's them that are going to be, you know, affected by this and proposing. Because right. it's not just the department, obviously, right. that needs the service. Is that you also have other clients, if you may, right. which are the vendors, right? And those are clients, and our departments are clients, mm -hmm. and our elected officials are clients. Everybody's basically, uh, we have internal and external clients. So you're still working on trying to streamline yes. all the different processes. Yes. So we're still, you know, we made a huge impact with that one. We reduced the timeline, I think it was by three or four months, which is amazing. Wow. And we're still reducing. Because can you think of just 
a construction project that, again, going back to what I said, architectural construction, that all goes through you. So if your department doesn't move at the pace, a project could be sitting there a while, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and as we know, our elected officials are, um, you know, they want their projects moved in their districts mm-hmm. and understandably so. Not just the electeds, it's because it, of the benefit of that the course. community is going to have after. So the of faster course. the better. And, um, you know, we want to see our parks improved. Yes. We want to see, you know, our roadways improved. That's, you know, very important. So we, you know, uh, expediting that is going to help tremendously. Cutting all that waste, all those inefficiencies. You mentioned the industry, and I know, I don't know when you implemented it, but you every so often have these industry days, which again was very eye-opening to me. I excuse my ignorance, but no, I was like, okay. what is an industry day? That sounds so cool. So tell me more about okay, that. Okay, so um, truth be told, uh, industry days, we used to do them in the county in the procurement department. Mm-hmm. But um, we used to do them very seldom. And I found it to be such a powerful tool. So we started to do them more here. Tomorrow we have one for West End Park. Okay. For um, a construction manager at risk uh, solicitation that we're going to put out soon. So do you do those based on whatever project is going on? Because I know West End is going to go through a lot of uh, renovations as yes. well. Um, so yes and no. I've expanded the concept of Industry Day. We don't only do it for uh, upcoming solicitations. We also do it for um, meet and greets for vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it when we don't know. We're not too sure of a scope of services. If it's very technical, if the industry has changed, mm-hmm. we do what I called um, speed dating industry day. <laughs> I love that. And, Tell me about that. <laughs> Is so, it like a blind date? <laughs> it's. Um, we did it. I think we did it for dental, and it was it was great. So we invited the vendors, right, and we gave them slots of like 15, 20 minutes and we interview them fast. They tell us, you know, what's new in the industry. Rapid fire. <laughs> and then, right. And then, and, and the beauty of that, as opposed to an open industry day where everybody's in a room, vendors are more open to share mm-hmm. information when they're not, you know, with all their competitors. Right. So the speed dating has worked m- marvelously. I love that term. <laughs> tell me more about how your department was affected during the pandemic because obviously and it gives me kind of like flashbacks at the beginning how everybody was running around trying to get ppe or whatever the case might have been how was that for you so it was chaos (laughs) utter chaos um we serve uh, my department serves i serve as the eoc emergency operations center logistics chief so um it was all hands on deck um, we were at first at the EOC for a while, mm-hmm. and then we had to go, we went virtual because the pandemic started getting worse and worse. And um, I have to tell you, there, at least for me, I worked about 22 straight days, including weekends, about 14, 16 hours. Yeah. We were just scrambling, trying to find anything and everything. And I do have to give props to our fire emergency um, you know, manager, mm-hmm. uh, Chief Hevia, and his team. They were way ahead of the game because prior to the pandemic hitting, they were already stockpiling supplies. Right. Um, so it wasn't as bad for us as it was for other agencies. Because to paint the picture, Annie, during the pandemic, for example, if we needed 
to get hand sanitizer or if we needed to get masks. That is literally you going out there trying to find whoever was selling that. Yes. We even had staff going out to um, Ace Hardware stores because they had masks. And, um, you know, we were just going everywhere. We, we, we even got really creative. Um, police, we had hand sanitizer, mm -hmm. but in bulk. So police needed small containers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we started looking at Amazon and buying travel size containers. That's how creative we had to get. It wow. Was, yeah. It was, Speaking of Amazon, is that something, because I know that is makes it way much easier. For mm -hmm. example, I in my office have to sometimes just get a cable or everything's on Amazon. Is that something that you instituted or does it come from before? Yes. So we have something that's really cool that, like, for example, the county, as big as it is, um, the county doesn't have, and hopefully they will soon when they get their whole um, ERP system up and running. It's called punch-out sites. So what it is is you basically can go into Oracle mm -hmm. and shop, uh, for example, Staples, Amazon, Office Depot. It's like shopping on a website. Oh, wow. And you put things in your cart. And it makes it really easy, and it immediately generates a requisition, a PO. It's it's really easy that for our client amazing. departments. Yeah. And I'm going to expand a little bit on Amazon in the pandemic. Um, something we saw opportunity. Um, as hard as that pandemic was, it did offer opportunity. Mm -hmm. And we knew our small and local businesses were suffering tremendously, especially with the shutdown. Right. So we launched. Um, we had been working with Amazon for a year on a pilot, they, they had selected the city. I think we were number four um, in the nation. They selected us for a pilot program for their local seller program. Oh, and amazing. we just, we were working on it for a year, trying to iron all, all, the, all the kinks. And we just ended up launching it during the pandemic. And it was fantastic because what it did was we gave them all the zip codes within the city of Miami. They located sellers on Amazon in mm -hmm. those zip codes, flagged them. And then we trained and encouraged our requisitioners in our department, go and buy from those local sellers. So when they would look for something, those local sellers would be flagged. And even if it was a little more money, mm -hmm. buy from them, support the local economy. Yes, the minorities, the, you know, right. the local businesses that Correct. needed it the and, most. And we took it a step further. Um, you know, I asked Amazon, I said, do you guys do trainings to teach businesses how to sell on Amazon? And they were like, oh, yes, we do. I said, would you mind if we partnered and did one or two together? And they were like, no, that's a great idea. We would love to. We've done four. Um, we recently, uh, one of our local small uh, minority businesses um, just got onboarded as in the Black Accelerator program. Wow. And we've had several local, I think it was close to maybe seven mm. um, local and small businesses uh, that now sell on Amazon. Oh my God, Annie. Now that great. you mentioned it, I remember when we were discussing this, but no wonder why you're innovator. <laughs> Wait, this is great. Yeah, we. it, it was it was something that um, the time was just perfect yeah um i also know that you're very active and that you you know jump on opportunities the moment you see them you're a visionary in that way and you've participated in the past in the bloomberg harvard city leadership initiative you were 
one of a handful, maybe other 50 other colleagues from 16 U.S. cities, maybe only. That's not a very large number. So how did that work for you? Whatever you learned there, how do you bring that back and share that knowledge with your team? Okay, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the process. There were 130 cities invited by Bloomberg and Harvard mm -hmm. to apply for this challenge. And it was a procurement challenge. And um, we were one of 16 cities selected. And the application was quite extensive. Um, and I focused the application on strategic procurement. Mm -hmm. And part of that was innovation, helping lo local small businesses. And um, when Amazon told us we were selected and they, well, first they interviewed us, you know, after they kind of picked the cities, they interviewed them and then they announced it. Mm -hmm. um, they were like, oh my gosh, you really hit, you know, you really hit the target. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, when I went to, when I uh, and Jennifer Ramirez, our GSA director and Alyssa Farina, our um, deputy um, chief resilience officer, uh -huh. we went as a team to Harvard when we saw the curriculum, it all went, oh, it all revolved around strategic really? procurement, being change agents, helping local small minority businesses. Oh it was God. incredible. Um, oh, my gosh. I learned so much. I learned that, you know, the Bloomberg and Harvard consider procurement departments top of the food chain in terms of change agents at cities mm -hmm. because all the purchases come through us. We can help, we can tackle environmental issues uh, like sustainability and, um, you know, buying electric trolleys, things like that, and helping the environment. We also tackle socioeconomic issues, um, helping our minority firms be able to sustain themselves in our economy. Um, you you know, do have a lot of power to so, make change. Yeah. So it, it, that was very, it's eye-opening when they tell you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you see all these courses. You know, we had um, several Harvard professors. We had two that were constant. And it was just, um, you know, all, most of them have worked in the White House. I mean, these are top-notch um, Harvard, you know, yeah. professionals. And it was just amazing to hear from them what they think of procurement. Mm. Now um, I'm going to see procurement in a whole different <laughs> way. And it was, and the other thing I learned was we were 16 cities there we all face the same issues and the same problems. Although um, coming from different geolocations. Exactly. You know, the folks in San Francisco, you know, suffer the same things that we suffer. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting um, and very, very enlightening. Yeah. So now I'm going to think of you as our procurement director, but also the innovator of the year <laughs> <laughs> or our innovator in chief. Um, I want to close the episode with... Because not too long ago, we, we had an exercise, the yearly uh, hurricane preparedness exercise. And I am not going to forget how you were basically presented as the queen of emergencies. Because like I said before, nothing gets done or doesn't go through without your approval. And I know it's a lot of, it's nerve wracking. It's a lot of stress when we are in an activation and uh, you're essential. A lot of departments are, but since we're in the middle of the season, I just, um, I don't know. I want to, I want to take your opinion on how you feel. I know you've, uh, worked a lot on making sure that we're prepared for the next storm. That is part of what you do. And we just got started. 
Yes. So part of the Bloomberg Harvard challenge, what I did was, what we wanted to do was create a strategic plan for the entire city. Mm -hmm. But if I were to do that tomorrow, I would fail because it's too, it's too large of an undertaking. So we decided to take it take tiny steps and start with emergency management and hurricane season. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, we do a good job of having contracts in place and things like that. We can do a better job. We can forecast. We can see what other cities are buying, mm. um, you know, that for hurricanes like North Carolina, other cities in Florida. Uh, and we can come up with a really good plan, put all those contracts in place that meet federal guidelines because that that's the other thing. Um, hmm. if the contracts don't meet federal procurement guidelines, we can't use them. So okay. that's a huge challenge for us. Yep. And, um, you know, we're just trying, I think, you know, like Hevia, Hevia and I are working really close on this. And I think when we're done, it'll be the end, the end of this hurricane season, but it will be the footprint for hurricane seasons in the future. Maybe. And we're even going to probably, um, we've already talked about somehow incorporating into the city's hurricane plan. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. So I feel better. I was going to say, hopefully we don't have to deal with any storms. But if we no. do, <laughs> we're in good hands. Hopefully we don't. <laughs> well, Annie, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said before, I know you're extremely busy. So this means a lot. The fact that you took time out of your busy schedule to come and, and talk to us and just sharing your story. I, I think that not very often do people get to hear about what it is that you do and it's just so important um special thanks to all of you guys out there for listening either at home or on the go your support means so much to us we would like to continue to see that so continue to like share subscribe and support us here on the empower 305 podcast remember that you can follow the city of miami on all of our social media platforms and keep up with all of our original programming like 305 news miami eats miami made evergreen miami you can watch all of it on the City of Miami's YouTube page. Thanks again for being the best audience, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on Empower 305.